Marketing, entrepreneurship, and all things small business. You're listening to the Profit 911 Podcast. Now, here's your host, Justin Miller. I'm back here with Kevin. We are talking about part of the entrepreneur psyche, their eternal optimism. The good, the bad. I think you have to have it. You do. If not, but it can also get you in trouble. Well, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that's just like the last episode when I was like, yep, been there, done that. I can, just as you say that, I think of a couple things already that I'm like, those were terrible ideas. Yeah, I mean, we're all the same, right? Yeah. We're, we're all, I mean, you have to be crazy to be an entrepreneur. All right. First off, the odds are stacked against you and you know it. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, the, the chances of success are, are bad. There's tons of factors outside of your control. Uh, you're going to work twice as hard as someone that's not self-employed mm-hmm. for no guaranteed benefit. You know, you don't have a safety net likely. Chances are something was financed along the way. Um, government does stupid shit outside of your control. We've seen that a couple mm-hmm. of years, just decimated small business owners in certain industries. Uh, let's see, what else? No benefits. Uh, oh, you no, make it no sound overtime. so appealing. But... No capped upside. True. It's unlimited. So so this is typically that and sort of a freedom. Mm-hmm. Uh, freedom of choice of what you're doing at any given moment. Are That's the entrepreneur in a nutshell, right? Is chasing that and willing to give up everything else. It's also giving up short-term gain for a chance at long-term game, gain. Mm-hmm. Chance being the key word that... Every entrepreneur didn't even hear me say the first time I just said it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Including myself, by the way. So I'm I'm speaking from experience. I'm not speaking at you. Uh, we are we are one and the same on this one. So I mean, this is what allows us to get up and do this and start a company and push, 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 and roll everything back in. I, w- I was just having a conversation um, over the weekend with a longtime friend of mine that also owns a small business. He's down in Kansas, and. Um, we were talking about having some of the best uh, top line revenue years we've both had. And, you know, we both also know top line really means nothing. Um, and we both talked about that we're roll- rolling everything back in. So his comment was, yeah, I'm the lowest paid person here. <laughs> I was serious. No, I believe that. Because um, we push it all back in, right? And, and if you walk around the office, uh, as we record this, there's construction going on. There's always some new piece of machinery or equipment here, um, new faces, and that's just rolling all that money back in. You're reinvesting. Sure. I mean, the challenge is, as an entrepreneur, I'd do that with every damn dime. <laughs> yeah. And that's hard to do. If you're a single guy or lady who can afford to do that, maybe, when yeah. you have families, it's a little bit you have to at some point take care of yourself as well. Yeah, so there's a there's a baseline wage I pull out of here for working here as an employee. Um, everything else, though, the benefits of being an owner is the what's left if it's not proactively taken out. Yeah, that's true. And I know that, you know, I am particularly err on the side of reinvestment, as you say. Mm-hmm. And it's very easy to just justify everything as a reinvestment um, because we don't see doom and gloom in the future ever. We can't see that coming. Um, and it's important to prepare for it, sure. And uh, 
everyone has a different take on this, kind of a different fine line. They've had different life experiences, so they do things a little differently. Some are a lot more aggressive with the gambles they take. Mm-hmm. And let's be honest, these are gambles. Um, others limit the downside as much as possible. Um, yeah, it's it's a challenging. I'm, I'm not here because I don't have an answer for this. I'm, I'm here to discuss it because I haven't heard anyone talk about it. Um, the question is, when do you... A, when is enough enough? Or when do you start taking things out? Um, yeah, I, I could drastically change spending in any given month I wanted here and take home my good chunk of money. Yeah. But to me, I just capped the upside. Yeah, and if you, I mean, so when you think you capped the upside, does that mean that the possibility that there's more revenue that later you can pay yourself more is gone? Or is it just you think you've capped the upside of the growth of the business? I've slowed it. I've taken, I've taken some fuel out of the fire. I guess the, the proper answer, if I was outside looking in, which kudos to anyone that does this is you start with the end in mind and then you have a plan. Yeah. The problem is we are optimistic about the future, but also we don't celebrate. So record growth. Great. Let's do it again. Mm-hmm. You know, we, we doubled year over year. Yeah. That's awesome. Let's try and do that again. You know, it's, it's bigger, 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 right? Sure. Bigger, bigger is better. Um, Lee Goff, who goes by the agency coach, who's one of my mentors, you know, he built a very large digital agency and uh, it's no secret, suffered some health consequences at a relatively young age and uh, sold his stake in the company. And uh, he's, he's doing, you know, coaching now in a much less stressful position, much simpler business model um, by choice. Because this time he started with an end goal in mind other than just bigger is better. Do, nope. you think, does it, do you think, do you, I mean, is he truly happy with where he's at? Or is it a situation where if the, if the medical issue hadn't forced him to do that, would he still be peddled to the floor? And I think we should bring him in to ask that. I know he's happy with where he's at right now. The, the second half of the question, though, would he still be doing what he was doing? I don't know. Um, I, I don't know where his mind was at that point in time. Because um, there, there are only a few things that really interrupt that pattern, and one of them would be health. One of it yeah. would be, I'm sick, or I'm tired, or I'm stressed, or I'm yeah. whatever. Yeah, yeah, health or a family issue. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of people disproportionately balance different areas of their life, and that's why they're extremely successful in one, and completely neglect another for sure um but yeah i I mean i just want this conversation to be out there make people aware of it make them realize that this is the way everyone's thinking and that at some point enough's enough but there should at least be a plan so we've had a couple years here of literally 200 plus percent growth and you know in my head i'm like well it's fun we're gonna Let's keep growing. I'm like, yeah, I know every time you do that, it gets harder. You know, the dollar amounts start to become exponential doing that, right? So yep. you can't you can't be on that track forever. And it's fun. Yeah. Um, it's kind of like a like a drug, right? When things are going great, yeah. You know, it's like being at a casino. If you're mm-hmm. winning, it's very hard to walk away. True. Um most people don't walk away on a winning streak. They wait, you know, let's say you're at the craps table yeah. having a roll or someone is. And, you know, do you, do you pull your chips back in the middle of a roll? Mm-mm. No, no. You, you wait till 
a loss. My hope is that I am able to walk away after a couple losses as opposed to losing everything that I may have gained. Yeah. So that, that to me is a victory it, if I can leave with just a little bit more than I came with. Well, it's the reality check, right? Sure. So, like, how much do you lose and how big is that reality check when it comes is probably outside of your control based upon your previous actions. Mm-hmm. Um, so you need to limit the downside a little, but we're optimists. The future is bright regardless. Um, we We... As best as possible, depending on the industry, ignore what the government's doing. Um, we ignore what the guy at the street down is doing. We we ignore a lot of things at our peril, but... Well, the odds are stacked against you, so unless you're optimistic or have that mindset, you wouldn't want to go into it. No one in the right mind yeah. would go into what we do without the thought... And every, you're right, everyone, no one goes into business. You wouldn't be good at something if you didn't think you could be really good at it. So, I mean, no one starts a business at something they either hate or they're terrible at. So you have to be optimistic. Yeah, but we all have days where we walk in and have things oh. we hate and we're terrible oh, at. Oh, yeah. And by the way, as you have a larger company, you have to check yourself at the door More on those days. That. Yeah. No, that's um, true. Because that will spread. Mm-hmm. Um, the entrepreneur starts to get different stresses and can't necessarily let those affect the organization. Um, it's just a challenge. No, it is. And I, it's funny because a lot of times people will, from the outside will think that people go into business to get rich. <laughs> I'm just going to go in this and make a lot of money. You're right. I don't know too many entrepreneurs who really, they go into it because they're, it's a challenge. They're hungry. They want to create success. Financial reward is part of that puzzle, but I've never yeah. met a single business owner who's like, my only goal is to build a business to be wealthy. Yeah, I, I mean, I'm sure there are some, but it's very hard to get people to work for you if that's the goal too. Sure. Um, yeah, we're definitely, <laughs> hopefully everyone in this company, and they should because we try and get rid of them with company values and stuff the first couple of days. <laughs> but uh, everyone kind of buys into the mission here. Um, we help small businesses. That's that's why we exist. And everyone has to understand this psyche. Now, all the employees here, they're not small business owners, okay? They're not entrepreneurs. Um, hopefully, they have some tendencies, but they, they understand or have been exposed to this. And, you know, they're here to celebrate and, and help on those small businesses. And I think we're on the right side of the puzzle, too. We help a lot of the tax resolution people. And I know we're on the right side of the puzzle there because you and I have been on the other side they need, mm-hmm. they need people helping them so yeah the more of those we can help yep. keep in business the better yep, that's true um yeah i i just wanted to bring that one up i think it should be out there let's i have some other big businesses that we're gonna loosely tie in here touring musicians oh okay sure probably never thought of themselves as businesses till they got big right probably but uh my brother had posted uh Tickets sold in the last 40 years by band. The last 40? Last 40 years. Okay. So we're just going to cover a lot of ground. We'll call that of all time touring pretty sure. much. Sure. Pretty much. Uh, yeah. <laughs> there's some before that, but um, not in ticket values. So I see you sneaking a peek. I know. Already. It's upside down. So I'm trying to like read upside down, but right, we, I see a few I recognize. Yeah. Yeah. So I mean, the number one, which this is dinner, you have a lot more music background than I do. So some of this may or may not surprise you. Number one, um, by number of tickets sold it was you two. Okay, that I can buy into that. Yeah, twenty six million tickets. That's a lot of stadiums. 
26 million. 26 million. Over $2 billion in, in ticket sales. Interesting. That That's a lot. I mean. Yeah, Dave Matthews, by a quantity of tickets, is the next one, 23 million. Well, yeah, because he's on, he's on tour forever. <laughs> never. It's like he's like Cher. He's never not on tour. So this is interesting because does anyone in that band need to be at this point? No. I, I would no. think they're set. They're over a billion dollars in tickets. You would think so. So they're optimistic about some future, and I think it's just out there playing. The ability to do what they do, I guess, yeah. Yeah. I mean, granted, but, some like U2, I would think, like as opposed to Dave Matthews, U2, big stage show, a lot of production. So those there's a reason those tickets are $250 because the production value requires – that you know well, let's that, be that honest cost. they're 250 because they can get it <laughs> well they can get it you're right they can get it but there is production well, value okay there. so number three is the rolling stones same thing they uh, can yeah. get it you're right they can get it because they can get it but yeah. there is a huge production value which uh, to a show on this poll revenue wise the stones are number one that doesn't surprise me. The tickets say... Uh, I think uh, their average ticket price is probably well above $500. Yeah, ticket quantity, number three, but revenue, number one on this poll. So 40 years would go back to what? To 19... That'd be 82, right? See, oh, that, yeah. When you say 1980... Like, yeah. 1982, that doesn't seem like 40 years. That's, I'm like, that's prime of my high school years. <laughs> that's when I was born. Wow. All right, let's see if there's any anomalies on here. But these are big businesses. These people have these problems, too. They have people managing them, but at the end of the day, they're, they're playing a business game as well. Not necessarily to maximize revenue, though people in the organization, mm -hmm. that is their job for sure. Uh, but the artists, you know, they're getting pulled along for the ride. Elton John's top 10, Metallica top 10. There was one that was very interesting on the quantity, actually there's two of them, quantity of tickets sold versus revenue, meaning they're lower on the ticket count and higher on the revenue. Okay. So higher average ticket price. Okay. And there's really two that jump on here. First one is Coldplay. That's interesting. I wouldn't think that they would be in the top 20 at all. Yeah, so they're like 12 million on ticket sales, so like a little under half what the top of the list was. But they're over a billion on value, which would put them up in like the top 10-ish. Yeah. Well, and if you're talking 40 years, Coldplay's only been a band for 15, 18 years. So, I mean, what would that look like 10 years from now? I, who the hell would pay uh, that kind of money to see Coldplay? Playing state fairs, right? No. <laughs> <laughs> right. Apparently not. not no, evidently not, no. Um, the other one that was like that was Madonna. She's not, well, I mean, and that's probably skewed to 20 years ago. So, lower ticket sales, higher price on average. She's one of those artists, though, that when she would have toured in the 80s and 90s, tickets were not outrageous. But now if you well, go hers, to see hers her... Hers would have been, though. Well, but now if you go see her now, in the last tour she did, the tickets were probably $500. I mean, it's all... Uh, I mean, it had to skew extremely high to affect that number. Yeah, no, that's true. Or as, as someone else put it on Facebook, oh, look who's overpriced on their ticket. <laughs> I, bet one, I bet one tour or one guy that um, is got to be on that list somewhere, but the average ticket sale isn't that high as Garth Brooks because he he still has this mentality of I want you to see my show at a decent rate I mean you can probably go see Garth for $65 a ticket now may not be the greatest seats but is he is he on the list yeah Garth Brooks is number 24 he's 11 million tickets 320 million in revenue which is very low for the top 
20. Yeah, because he's he doesn't need the money, and he's professed. The only reason I know this is my wife is a huge fan, and I've had to pay. It's like the only artist in the last decade other than Michael Bublé that I've had to pay to get tickets for. And then you pay attention to that, and I'm like, wow, these yeah, are pretty gr- cheap. Grateful Dead, about the same. Yeah, see, the, but again— but time, time change. I don't believe these are inflation-adjusted at all. Oh, so. well, then that would make sense, because you're right. The Grateful Dead, if it, if it were talking today's dollars, probably probably different, but— there's, there's one that actually interests and impresses me from a business standpoint. Trans-Siberian Orchestra made the list. Yeah, but you think about, you know, the, what they do, though, is they have two different touring sets. So at any yeah, given they night, to double up. You're they're, right. do, they're doing two that. shows. They're in Peoria and Moline in the same night or whatever. And uh, that's a that's but a the, machine. That is a money-making machine. I guess, because that one, I mean, that one's, I don't, at the risk of offending, it ain't about the music. It's a show. Talk about, well, exactly. And talk about the same thing. Every seven years, they put out a new concept album. I mean, it's the <laughs> same thing, yet people go every Christmas but yeah, you're right. They, they're, they're number 11 on the list. 15 wow. million tickets wow. and 768 million in revenue. That's not even. And then think about all the, the T-shirts and the yeah. and that's where I mean, if this is just ticket revenue, then these these tours monetize yep. it on top of that with. And granted, the venue will take 20 percent of the T-shirts and other stuff unless you're you too, where you say, no, you get 10 percent or, or we don't <laughs> sell them. But I mean, the money making machine that some of these tours are. Yeah, it's crazy. Now, Aerosmith's kind of in the middle of this, uh, which I'm hoping to see here in Vegas here in a month or two. Yeah, good luck with that. I, I got tickets as long as they stay... Uh, Clean? Yep. Well, enough to push them on stage. Sure. Yeah. Uh, there's no, no other ones that really jump at me. Uh, Kenny Chesney was up there. He's Not a lot of 10. country artists on the list. Because currently, well, in see. today's world, country is like the biggest touring thing. Because... Fans are so loyal. Yeah, so Kenny Chesney would be the top country act on here. I'm surprised Luke Bryan's not on there. Because um, he's been around a while now, and he's... George Strait hit the list. Tim McGraw and Garth. Okay. So, like, Tim or Tim McGraw. I was going to say Tim Strait. George Strait and Tim McGraw, huge in the 80s and 90s, haven't toured nearly as much since. Yep. But then eventually we'll go on and do the, like... The other, the one band that's not on there that I'm interested in is Kiss is not on there. Um, nope. So they may have revenue. They may be further down the list. I only printed out the top 25 or so. Okay. Um, but yeah, they didn't hit it as far as quantity of tickets sold. So you have the Jimmy Buffets and the Fishes and the Grateful Dead's. They're they're on there. Um, Ed Sheeran's on that list. That's crazy. Almost a billion dollars. That's just, uh, just absurd. And granted, Live Nation's getting their cut, and the <laughs> venues get in their cut. I mean, the artist isn't making yeah. that. The artist makes a set amount and then gets a percentage on top of that. Yep. So they're still, I mean, trust me, they're still making their money. But it's just that those numbers are Yeah, are I mean, some crazy. of these guys live on the road, right? So they've, yeah. they've given up. I mean, they've all given up a quote-unquote normal life. But sure. um, some of them have completely given up their home base as well and are yeah. literally living a tour. I think Kenny Chesney is pretty close on that Kinda, one. Yeah. It's got to, we have him on every once in a while, the Sirius XM stations on, you know, his, uh, no shoes radio. Yep. But, um, yeah, he's, he's definitely got a following. So the musicians between, uh, drug binges, you know, they're optimistic. <laughs> nah, actually, most of those look pretty decent. There's that. a fair amount of solo artists, meaning like, the Rod Stewart and the, I mean, there's bands there, but the band doesn't get any credit, you know, where in U2, they probably split it evenly, 
Billy Joel's getting a bigger cut than his drummer is getting. Yeah, I mean, here's and here's the difference between the musicians and the business owners, right? The business owner can build something to where they don't have to be the guy on stage. So, so yeah. here's here's a massive difference between what I built previously and what I'm building in the current company. I'm being very careful to not build the Justin Miller marketing agency. Mm-hmm. Don't want it to be. Don't care. That is a huge difference. Could care less if the clients even knew who I was. Yep. And that's different. Do I, yeah. I still, to, I mean, how long has it been since I bought your DJ business? Five uh, years? Yeah, and five I still years. get people that, is that Justin Miller's business? Yeah, and I wasn't, and I wasn't performing for two no, years you weren't before for the, Yeah, but, but everybody, because of the connections and what you did to make that, the profile of that business, you know, it a step above from a credibility and from a price. You're right. There's a huge difference here because it is you're putting people in places around you. Yeah, yeah that, that that's this, a good point. This one's all about the staff. I mean, it's about the client, right? But yeah. it's the staff that's going to make it happen. Um, they're the ones that know how to operate. I was just telling you, we have so many team members out right now mm -hmm. um, for conferences that I can't jump in and do their job. No one else can. <laughs> they get they. There's a reason they work here. They have specialized knowledge yeah. and they're, yeah. they're doing the job. Yep, that's true. Um, but yeah, I mean, that that's a distinct thing. So that also, since I'm not a musician or a celebrity, does not cap my upside. True. Clients, for the most part, don't give a shit if I'm here. You know, at the end of the day, it doesn't affect the service they get. No. Um, you know, there's a couple still that I'm close friends with, but I'm not directly serving them either. You're, a, you're still a... Initially, you're a big part of the contact, but you're right. Over time, yeah. staff then takes it and runs with it. I'm still handling a fair amount of sales here in, mm -hmm. in those conversations, but you know, I tell people in that first conversation, okay, after today, I'm going to hand you to so-and-so who yeah. actually can do this job Yeah, because I can't, and you don't want me to try. No, nope, that's um, true. Yeah, but eventually, I, I hopefully sooner rather than later, I won't be doing those conversations either. That's, that's not what this company is about. It's not how we can help the most people. It's not how we can make the most impact. It's, it's not about me. It's ability to make money and mm -hmm. for me to take that home when it's all said and done, absolutely about me. And I'm optimistic about that future as well. My job within the company, build the people that build the company. Yeah. By, yeah. And by doing that, you become more optimistic about the future of the company. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. absolutely. And uh, if you don't like building people to build the company, you better intentionally set out to have a smaller business mm -hmm. because yeah. my day is filled with people challenges solopreneur you better just have something you can and, handle and yourself there, and going back to where we started there is nothing wrong with that the future can still be optimistic mm -hmm. but it's a it should be a choice not a, an evolution that you got to bigger as just we kept growing and i had to hire people and blah 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 no it, it should have been intentional so that's the eternal optimism of the entrepreneur. Next time we come back, we are going to be talk about humanized marketing. I, I saw this story on entrepreneur, um, which means it's biased and placed by someone <laughs> trying to, that's in this industry, but uh, humanized marketing, how it affects your business. I thought it was kind of interesting. We'll share that coming up on episode 38. <laughs>
Thanks for listening to the Profit 911 podcast. Be sure to subscribe and leave your comments. For more information on how Profit 911 Consulting can help grow your service business, visit profit911.biz.